Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody to the hockey think tank podcast brought to you by the hockey think tank.com a website for all players parents and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet what an episode we have for you guys here today we are bringing on athletic development coach jeremy frisch and this is one of the best follows on social media. If you are interested in movement, if you are interested in strength and conditioning, if you are interested in anything and everything development for young kids, this guy is the man. And we are so pumped to have him on the podcast. Before we do get over to Jeremy, though, let's bring on the talent of the podcast, the one Jehu Jeffrey Lovacchio. We got, if you're watching this on YouTube too, we got a little, little new kind of overlay here that I think is a little bit more well, nicer on the eyes. I mean, you're always nice well, on the eyes, Vex. You know, very nice, very but nice. For myself, it might help a little bit. Uh, but Vex, what's going on today, my man? Allow myself to introduce myself. myself. <laughs> um, man, just uh, excited about this podcast, uh, obviously. Um, but uh, had a great weekend. I went to Chicago actually, and of course, you were out of town. What a butt clap! I actually <laughs> drive to Chicago, and you are not there. Um, I'm good. Look, you're good looking. I'm not very attractive. I'm stupid. You're smart. If you guys know, you know, cause that's kind of obscure. So if you get that one, good for you. Um, also, yeah, so- also Chubbs Peterson just passed away. Oh, I know. I saw that. Did you see that? Uh, like maybe two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Carl, very Carl Lewis. Is that his name? Carl Lewis. I don't think Carl Lewis. No, no. What's his name? Carl something I though. I feel like Okay. Carl Lewis Anyways. was the runner. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I'll Apollo look it up Creed. while you're talking. Yeah, Apollo Creed. That is super sad. Great actor. Absolutely great actor. Um, but yeah, I was in Chicago. Like I said, Tof was not there. Clapping my cheeks out of town. Uh, and I was working with the Tri City Storm, uh, one of the teams that I train online um, this season. They were playing against Chicago Steel, so I drove to Chicago so I could get three days in with the team, and it was awesome, man. Had such a good time, and I I came home. Came home Sunday night and I said to Kylie, man, I miss coaching hockey. Like it made me like I was there to do off ice stuff. And like I ran them through warm ups and I, I spoke to him Thursday night, probably like 30 minutes. And then I ran them through warm up, you know, Saturday morning instead of a pregame skate. Same thing Sunday, little postgame uh, movement and, and flush after the game on Friday night. 
and I came home. But like, also, what was really cool is uh, Anthony Noreen, the head coach, and, and the assistant coaches there. Everybody's an absolute beauty, and they were just like, you know, like talk to the boys. Like, if you see something, say something. In between periods, they were asking me like, "What are you seeing?" And it just got me like so into hockey coaching mode. And I told Kylie, I came home, I was like, "Man, I really miss coaching hockey. Like, it's." I don't have any time to do it, but man, dude, dude, I like, I was like loving like walking in and just like, Hey, you know, you did this, like, you know, think about this or it it was just, it it was really cool. Lit me up for sure. And, uh, I've been buzzing ever since. I hear you, man. This is the first year I think ever since I've been done playing that I'm not coaching and it is. Yeah. And, and I was out East this weekend and went to Cornell and got the chance to see, see the boys play out there. And they actually won the Ivy league championship. Oh, wow. the, the game that I was there Saturday night, it was really cool. They did in a shootout over Yale, uh, you know, really, really cool. And I hear you, dude, I, I spent obviously four years there as a player, spent five years there as a coach and just watching the game, I'm like, man, I miss it so much. And then I'm going to Ann Arbor actually this weekend to see the boys up in Michigan. And so I know it's going to be the same thing where I'm like, oh, my God, you know. So I hear you. Like that stuff never leaves you, man. That stuff never leaves you. Like just being in the locker room, like they got the speaker going and like looking at all their faces and they're getting like in their zone and like getting excited to play. And I'm just like – trying to stay calm and then they're having me do the starting lineup both nights obviously because i'm electric at it and uh, i should put that on my linkedin great starting lineup guy and you know just get the boys going and then like i can't like calm down after i do the lineup i just want to get out there and like play and but it was it was so much fun i can't thank them enough for having me out they, they want me to come out there um out to Kearney, um nebraska meet them out there maybe before playoffs again get one more touch in with the team and, and do everything I can. So it was just super fun to like be in the locker room again at a high level and, and, and have it a lot of fun. So it was a good weekend. Absolutely, dude. That's, yeah. that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. This podcast was really cool too. I mean, Jeremy is the man and you know, what's interesting, like as we're, and, and I follow him on social media and, and like I said, like if, if you're going to listen to this interview, go check out his social media before you listen to this interview. It'll probably give you, um, mm. a, a pretty good perspective on, on what he does and who he is and, and how he works his gym, because it's, it's probably different than most of the things that you see, but it's unreal. And it's yeah. interesting because like, you know, having young kids, you really like, I'll get maybe a little deep here, not like deep, deep, but just like whatever, medium, um, depth. medium depth, medium depth. Um, you really kind of like see what human nature is at its finest with young kids because they haven't been, let's call it tainted by the world yet you know, social media and whatever it may be. And so like for young kids, particularly like when they're pissed off, you know it, (laughs) when they're happy, you know it, uh, when they want something, you know it. Um, and just like, there's so much like natural humanness that comes out in kids that kind of gets beat out of us as we get older and the world gets their, gets its grip on us. And I feel like that's what I was thinking as he was talking and as you look at the stuff that he does, it gets like down to like just human movement 
And you don't need like all these fancy schmancy things to like be able to become an athlete, which is the biggest goal that he has as along with you and and all the things that you do. Um, It it just really gets down back to basic humanness of how how a person moves, how a person functions. And it's just really, really interesting to to hear him talk about it and and watch his stuff. And and I know you obviously reached out to him and, and have had a lot of respect for for the stuff that he does and it must be really cool for you to to have him on and 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 talk some shop too yeah i mean and i said it on the podcast and anybody who's ever reached out to me who has really young players the first thing i say every single time is when they're like what should i do with my six or seven or eight or nine or ten year old i'm like follow this guy on twitter and i send him his handle every single time and i and i say what i say in the podcast and you guys will hear that um but i really respect what this guy does it is it is true like development and it, what he does is called ltad long term athletic development all right and it's it's all kids should be doing this this should be what gym class is this should literally be what pe is every single day 5 days a week in schools it's what what it probably kind of used to be. Um, you know, there's some of the elements that he does are things that I did in gym class. And there's some things that I know if I would have done in gym class, I would have been a much better athlete later in life. Um, and the great thing is guys, is you can do a lot of the things that he does at home with your kids and, you know, take, take ideas from his Twitter, from his Instagram, you know, have fun with your kids. If you're a coach, you can do this stuff. Uh, and, you know, he gave an unbelievable explanation of what he would do, as a hockey coach of a young team for 30 minutes at the rink before you practice. Um, and he, he detail write down, you know, everything. And it was absolutely money for so many reasons. And with the stuff he does it, on the surface, it looks like just like a lot of play. Um, but there's a lot of thought behind it. There's a lot of research behind it. There's a lot of reasons why you do these things um, when people are young and they're, what's funny is I do these things. I had two, uh, NFL players in the gym today. I was working with, we did a bunch of the things that, that <laughs> we did a bunch of the things that he literally is talking about. Right. With I have those guys right with eight year olds and I do them with NHL players. I do them with, uh, you know, a major league lacrosse guy I've worked with, with NFL, with college, with kids. It literally doesn't matter. Like, and the other part is, all this stuff is really fun. So for young players, what I tell everyone, the, my main goal, if when I used to work with young players, my main number one goal is to want them to come back. Number one goal that is uh, above. All, okay. They're coming to me. Oh, he needs to get faster, ma'am. He's eight years old. Okay. Everybody needs to get faster. Duh. My main goal with young athletes is getting them excited to come to the gym because that's going to lay the foundation to have them want to keep coming back. They want to keep coming back. I can keep layering skills. I can keep adding things. And they're, the more you do it, the more results you're going to get. And what he does is very, very fun. It's disguised in a lot of games and things like that, which drives competition with Topher and I love. So I don't want to belabor the point, but I just want to say I'm really, really glad that he said yes to coming on. Awesome guy. My first time ever talking to him. And you guys have to follow him um, on Twitter and Instagram, 100%. Love it. Yeah. This was an unreal podcast for sure. So much great knowledge and, and so much practical knowledge for, cause again, like one of the questions I asked him was like, Hey, if I'm a, if I'm a coach, a youth coach and I don't have a strength coach, you know, that and no equipment, 
and no equipment, like what are some things that I can do with my players before practice? Um, and, and he just knocks that stuff out of the park (laughs) and, and between your knowledge and the things that you talk about and the things that you bring, you bring, uh, uh, you guys are very similar in how you think, but you both bring different perspectives to it. It was just an awesome conversation for those of us who maybe aren't as, you know, astute in the strength and conditioning world and, uh, gives a lot of great stuff for people like myself and other youth coaches out there to, to do with their, with their players, which was really, really cool. And, uh, so, uh, before we do get over to, um, our sponsors and before we get over to Jeremy, I do just want to talk a little bit really quickly about our hockey think tank community and give everybody a little bit of some just knowledge of, of some of the things that we have going on. Like, cause one of the things that we talked about this week was really, really cool. And so in this community, one of the things that's been great is you have parents and coaches on here of all different levels from all over the place that are able to ask some questions that can help them with something that's going on in their youth hockey world. Obviously, it's silly season right now. So there's been some some questions about that from a coach standpoint and from a parent standpoint. But one of the things that really got discussed in the community this week is there was a parent who mentioned that they have a 12U player who their, their team culture right now isn't very good. And there's some stuff going on that they, you know, they're not really sure how to handle it. They're not really sure how to kind of talk to their kid about it and stuff. And they posed the question to the group and like, it was unreal to get everybody's responses on ways that their kid can go through it. There were coaches that were on there say, Hey, if I was the coach here might be some of the things that I would be doing parents. Hey, my, my kid has been through this before and, and here's what we did with our kid or here's what our coach did. And it's just like really cool. And, and perspective is a really, really powerful thing. If you've listened to us for long enough, then you know that perspective might be our favorite favorite word in the dictionary and it's just really cool. And so like, I don't know if this is a plug or whatever, but like this, this is having positive impact on people. I think that's the biggest thing. It's having a, a really, really big positive impact on people. I've really enjoyed getting to know people within the community. Obviously you have access to Vex and I all the time to be able to ask us questions and, and everybody else within the community as well. So um, go to the community and it's at community dot the hockey think tank.com. And, uh, again, it's been a ton of fun being able to provide this perspective and also get some perspective from some people from, from all over the place. I don't know how you feel, man, but like, I don't know. It's been really cool. Yeah. And I, I, I just like that we get to connect with our listeners too. Like for me, <clears throat> that's a big, that's a big plus. I mean, you know, when you're doing a podcast, like it's Tof and I talking and it's our guest and we're all talking and we do the podcast to try and help, everybody who's listening. So to get to know who's listening and, and to see all the posts and what you guys care about and the questions you're asking, it just helps us deliver a better podcast and, and decide what type of guests and who we can bring on that can help all of our listeners, you guys with all the things you're going through. So all of the people in the community, you know, we're looking at, okay, what are the topics that keep coming up? What, what do people keep asking about? What are, what are people passionate about? Okay. Well, what kind of guests can we bring on that will help all of these people? So just having a deeper connection with all you guys that listen is, is really cool for us. And, and I think just going to help us help you more, help me help you. <laughs> I knew you were going to say help that. <laughs> <laughs> Rod Tidwell, if you don't know it, come on. Show Great me the quan. 
Jerry Maguire. Let's go, baby. Uh, okay, let's get over to Jeremy after we say a few thank yous. And first, want to thank Gel Sticks, our Titus sponsor. Go to GELSTX.com. Use the coupon code THINKTANK, one word, and you will get a discount on some awesome weighted training sticks. Vex. Want to say thank you to Train Heroic. Train Heroic is the unbelievable app that allows me to deliver training to thousands of athletes a year. Yes, I said thousands. What's up? Absolutely love doing it. Not stopping anytime soon. <clears throat> and I also want to thank all of you for suggesting my online training. I've had multiple people um, this weekend alone reach out to me and say, you know, so-and-so told me to, to reach out to you. And then I get on a call with them. Their organization is looking for at-home training for players that are below 16 and can't drive for this off season or for in season or whatever it is. My whole goal with this thing is to make it hilariously cheap and affordable uh, with the best possible way of programming. If I'm not right next to you and train her train her has, has allowed that through their platform. So I literally can't thank them enough for allowing me to help so many more players all across the country uh, and, and the world actually. So thank you to trainer. I also want to say thank you to cure nutrition, cure nutrition, CBD company. I'm with guys. I'd say it every episode. I have more and more people reaching out to me asking about all the different stuff. And actually they just sent me two new products that I've been using. I I'm not going to talk about them yet. Cause I've only been using them for two weeks. Um, maybe this is three weeks now. Um, one is uh, a gut health uh, product that I, I really have been enjoying. And the other one is uh, a morning um, the product is called rise. Uh, it's focus and clarity. It's a bunch of different mushrooms, not the magic kind. Um, and, uh, they just give you some energy. You know, a lot of people don't drink coffee. They'll do these instead. So that's pretty cool. All natural way to, to help your brain get going in the morning. So I've been taking both of those along with the CBD drops from them that I always take. If you have any questions about CBD, what it's done for me, what it's done for a lot of the people that I know, my, my grandma, my mom, my dad, my uncle, Tim, um, a lot of people, people take this stuff. So reach out to me, please. I'm, I'm a very big proponent of it, of natural plant medicine. Um, or if you want to go on their website, try it out. Discount code is GMBM. So thank you, Cured. Discount gum bum. Let's go. I uh, also want to thank Helios Hockey, which is an unbelievable product. It is a product where you get a sensor that you put into your shoulder pads and it gives you instant data, instant feedback on your play, particularly number one, your stride mechanics, and number two, your hustle score. The kids absolutely love this, and uh, it tracks how far you go, how fast you go, and everything like that. Really cool hustle score. Uh, but the game changer also with that is if you are playing in a game, it is going to hook up with whatever you're using your video, and it's going to cut your shifts up for you instantly right after the game. Game changer unbelievable. Wish I would have had this when I was younger. Go to helioshockey.com. We got a little discount with them as well. The discount code is think tank one word, and it will give all new Helios members 20% off their initial 12 month membership. And you will get that sensor that you put into your shoulder pad full free. So go to helioshockey.com and want to thank icehockeysystems.com as well. Honestly, the best website out there for anything you need coaching education-wise. They got thousands of drills. They got whiteboard explanations on systems and habits and tactics and structure from some unbelievably smart hockey people. 
And also we have partnered with them to do a association platform where you can get this for every single coach within your organization. So you can build up an entire library full of drills, full of practice plans for all the coaches in your organization and for all the volunteer coaches out there that are coming from their nine to fives and might not have a lot of time to plan their practices before they get to the rink. This is an absolute time saver and game changer for all of you. Just building that library of practice plans and drills. So uh, go to icehockeysystems.com, look up that associations platform, get that for all your coaches today. And not just the coaches guys, but the parents too. The parents get access to it because they have access to the hockey think tank parent survival guide. So hockey directors out there, I'm talking to you now. We're going to have the amount of angry phone calls and emails that you get when the parents get this hockey think tank parent survival guide. So if you can go to icehockeysystems.com today, especially look up that associations platform and thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our, um, I was going to say guests. Thank you to our guests, obviously, but thank you to all of you who listen to our podcast and continue to support what we do. Uh, if you can just to help spread the word, if you think we're doing a good deed and, and, providing a positive impact to the hockey world, share us to your networks, whether it's your parent groups, whether it's your kids and your players, your coaches, your organization, whatever it may be. Uh, LinkedIn, would, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, mail, pigeon. Fox. Foxtrot. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you did, we would just really, really appreciate that. And every like, every follow, every download, you know, it just goes a long way to, to spread the word of what we're trying to do, spread the gospel here. So guys, you're going to love this episode. You're absolutely going to love this episode. It's one of the funnest ones that we've done. Get a ton out of this one as well. So without further ado, here we go with Jeremy Frisch. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. If you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can see all the available lines and all the available odds for all NHL games going on. That's right. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for ga- for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league copyright nhl 2024 all rights reserved we are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast episode 301 he's out in beautiful massachusetts we got jeremy frisch jeremy how you doing today Doing well. Thanks for having me on. 
We are really excited, as I said already in the beginning of this little podcast here, Um, but I can say that my podcast partner here, I don't know if I've seen him be as excited for a guest in the 300 episodes that we've done uh, as this one. So really, really pumped to have you on, but you're an athletic development coach out there in Massachusetts. You know, what does that mean? What are some of the things that you do with the kids that you're training? And uh, I, it's like your, your social media is unreal. Like for anybody that isn't following Jeremy at this point, you have to go and, and check him out because like we always say, and particularly Vex in, in this field, you know, we're training athletes here. We're training athletes. And so um, if you can just give us a little bit of a breakdown of, of how you got started in it and some of the things that you really believe in as you're working in with the, uh, with the players that you have. Yeah. So way back, well, I mean, growing up, I played, you know, pretty much everything as far as like, uh, you know, different sports, basketball, baseball, football, I pretty much, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to like my favorite sport, I would probably say football is the only thing I could think about from the age of five on. Um, and then after I got done playing in college, you know, you use, you use strength and conditioning, uh, to help with, um, you know, with your, with your training when you're in college. And so I really like kind of took to that type of training. And then I realized like, oh, this might be something like great to do for a living. Um, and so I ended up being a college strength and conditioning coach at the college of the Holy cross, right in Worcester. Um, and you know, it was like my dream come true to become a strength coach and then funny thing happened. I started working with those athletes and I realized like a lot of them were sort of, uh, I don't know. Um, like I couldn't go back and fix the issues that they had. You know what I mean? It was almost like, yeah, we could get them stronger. We could do different things, but we weren't, I wasn't able to like fix the way they moved. Like it, I kind of felt like everything was stuck the way they were. You know what I mean? Like there was some performance parameters that you could get better, but you know, I kind of felt like I missed missed an opportunity to make them better. So then I left there and I decided to open up my own facility. And, um, you know, when I first started, when I first opened the facility, it was mostly high school kids. And then even then, like, I was like, all right, well, if I go a little earlier, I can get, I can probably do more things. And so then I worked, started working with like, you know, older, like middle school kids, like junior high kids. And then I started having kids of my own and my kids, you know, they end up running around the gym and always being down there. And I was like, it kind of just worked its way down to like, you know, really these kids should be have an opportunity to move around as much as possible. Um, you know, from the age of five, you know, I think that's the youngest I've youngest ages I've had in there. Uh, kind of the way I looked at it is if they're old enough to go be in kindergarten, they can come in and, and run around and listen to a little bit of direction. Um, and so that's how it happened. I just kind of kept working my way back, realizing like I can do more and more and more and more with these kids. If I start earlier and earlier, um, so yeah, so now I have a program and it started with my first, my first son and some of his friends called speed demons. And, uh, you can enter that, that, that group at age five and that goes all the way up and through like eight or nine. Um, and that's just some, of you guys probably have seen the, the, uh, some of the clips on social media, but that's just straight chaos. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, wrestling and obstacle courses and games. And it's just. You know, everything they're not getting in school at recess, because, you know, a lot of schools around here, I can tell you, like my my son's school, they have they have phys ed like once every eight days. Which, what? You know, yeah, it's wild. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so in the, yeah, and in the middle school, it's like a gym. Gym is like a, it's an elective. So you take it for one semester, but you don't take it the next. 
That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Crazy, crazy. So I was like, I'm going to fill that void. I'm going to fill that void and I'm going to give the kids what they need. Um, You know, I'm going to make sure it's going to be a lot of fun and they're going to, they're going to enjoy it. And and they're going to get the things, you know, I started really studying that age group. And I, and I, what I did was, so just started reading these old phys ed books and things like that. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take these things that kids did years ago and I'm going to start doing again now. And that's kind of how, that's how it all, how it all happened. Um, and, yeah. And so, so, so for the people listening that, that, you know, aren't, aren't super into like this stuff, when you said, Oh, and I had older players, you know, division one athletes and even high school athletes, like, like you're kind of, I always tell people you're trying to, to build a house on like a shaky foundation. You wouldn't build a house on stilts. And, you know, when even athletes at those highest levels, division one, division three, whatever it is, college, high school athletes, really good ones. You, what are like in simple terms, like what, what, do you, what were you seeing that you were like, oh, man, like, do I want to just like pile on to this just for the layman's out there who are kind of like, well, what's he talking about? What could he have been seeing? Yeah. When you see like, you know, just basically like basic movement skills, when you ask them to just do simple things like skip and hop and like shuffle and, and backpedal and turn and react. Like if I said sprint and, you know, sprint to a backpedal and from a backpedal back to a sprint, like you just watch those athletes and you see the best ones are just, you know, naturally they can, they can, uh, they can transition through those movements really easily and they look more fluid. And then some kids look really stiff and they can't do it. Or you have to, when you're trying to teach them a certain movement, you have to, really spend a lot of time with them and like really focus. And then other kids just pick that stuff up really quickly. You know what I mean? And what happens is, is I think when, when a kid's exposed to a variety of movements, when they're young, when they get to do a lot of stuff and they like those, that compounds, like, so once you get good at a couple things, then you get good at like, you know, say you get good at two things, then you can get a good at four things. Then you get good at eight things. You know what I mean? So those things compound as you, as you learn more skills. Um, and those kids are the ones like when you get them in the weight room, it's like, oh, this is how you squat you show them once and they're like, Oh, like this, boom, you know, and it's, they get it. But there's other kids you got to like, you know, you got to take, you have to take, uh, you take your time and like try to teach more or, or even like, um, you know, kids that say like I had a lot of athletes play nothing but basketball all through like that, those golden years of like 10 to 14 and they did nothing else. And then they come in and they grew a little and they got no mobility. You know, they can't touch their toes. They can't reach their arms over their head. Like, you know, they're stiff in the shoulders. Like when you're trying to teach those kids a complex lift or something like that, like it's so much harder because they just can't get their bodies in the right positions. You know what I mean? And so what I found is like the kids that I've had when they're real young and they've done lots of moving through the years and done lots of things when it's time to really teach them the, the, uh, you know, the explosive lifts or the, you know, you know, squats or dead, like those kids are, have the ability to get their body in the right positions you know what I mean? And it's, it's so much easier to coach. And so and, and and those kids then, because they can get in those right positions, they get stronger, faster, they get faster, faster, you know, everything just is better for them. You know what I mean? And, and how about skill acquisition too? Just as they get older, because they've, you know, like you guys, you have to follow his, his Twitter and his Instagram. Like you absolutely have to, cause you'll understand exactly what we're talking about. But, but it's like understanding that, 
what, what he's talking about is building a really wide base of the pyramid. I look at training like a pyramid and he's building the biggest, widest, sturdiest base of the pyramid he possibly can so that everything you stack on top of that is going to be easier and easier and easier and getting more and more specific as you get older. And you're able to make a much taller pyramid by having a much wider pyramid at the bottom. Like yep. it's, it's, it's crazy the difference. And this is, I love this stuff, man, because I was the opposite. Like I, I, I did some sports growing up till uh, seventh grade was my last year playing other sports, but I was not as naturally gifted as my cousin here. Who's who's, and he had to work hard too, but he had like, he just was more skilled at hockey than I was. And I, I got some injuries and things that maybe have to like really dial in my training. And I trained like a robot for a long time. And then I found Mike Boyle and I started getting outside of the box, you know, for lifting. And then I just started doing all this other training where it was like moving and, and coordination and vestibular system and literally doing somersaults as a first year pro athlete and being like, why are these so hard and cartwheels? But as soon as I started doing that stuff on the ice, all of a sudden I could move in much freer ranges of motions, which allowed me to acquire skills at a much later date when, when guys were like stopping acquiring skills, I, I found this like another kind of, um, uh, ramp where I was able to find more and more skill in my game at an older and older age in pro hockey, because I started playing around like a kid again, it was like, wow, this is wild, you know? And it makes your and and it makes training fun again too. You oh, know what I mean? So like I can't fun. I can't tell you how long I you know power cleaned and squatted for. It was like you know just for years. You know what I mean? And then I, and then I started doing that stuff, kind of almost into my late twenties. Like I was done playing sports. I was just playing like old man sports, but still like the same thing. I started getting into doing cartwheels and crawling and rolling, and I'm like, God, this is so fun. You know what I mean? And then I could just then I realized like, wow, like I can actually take this and show other people and make money off it and make a career. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that stuff, that stuff is great. I, it's a funny story. So I train a girl who plays um, field hockey at the mm. university of California. And uh, they came to me really young, her and her sister, her sister plays at, Ru at Rutgers real, I mean, really high level field hockey players. And they played nothing but field hockey. I'm talking forever. And they, but the reason they came to me is, well, that was the reason they came to me because that's the mom, their mom knew like they need to do more. So they came to me and, you know, so I used to do bear crawls with them and all kinds of forward rolls and backwards rolls and things like that. So anyways, they were in high school. One of them was at a tournament and a girl like kind of slashed her, her foot and she went like forward. It was going to fall on her face. And like the last second she tucked her head and rolled. And she was like, she came back that weekend was like, listen, it's so weird. But like, I was like midair and about to fall on my face. And I remembered like, in a split second to like roll my shoulder and, and to move my body in the way that you showed me, you know what I mean? And I was like, there it is. Right. You know, right there. I've never had that actually. Like, I always knew like, yeah, you should know how to fall, but I never, this never happened like that. Like where, where my, what it happened to one of my athletes. That's awesome. And it honestly like reminds me of, so when I was about 12, 13 through like 15, I had this like kind of crazy Russian coach who was like, and all of our dry land was like the old school Russian stuff. And we yeah. would like literally go to different places. Like if we were playing in a tournament on the road or something like that, he would kind of scope out like different little implements that we can use with like a garbage can or a soccer ball or a like just all these different things. And it was not 
we didn't, we never used any weights, <laughs> but I remember like we did so many somersaults. We did so many cartwheels. We did so many, like they called them duck walks where you kind of yep. like squat really low and then do the duck walk. We did like frog leaps, you know, where like you, you run three steps, then you kind of go down and then the person behind you would, you know, jump over you. And then he'd take a couple steps. We did like, um, what you call it. I do it with my kids all the time where they're on your back. Um, and you got to carry them on your back, like a fireman walk or something like that. Um, like we did so much of that stuff. And, and I think back to like the olden days of Russia where like, they were like the most fit people ever, like the most fit people ever. And, uh, it was like, but the, like what you're talking about, it was so much fun. And when I look yep. at your social media and I see like all the races and tags and, and, and like, I just think about that time when I was doing that with my crazy Russian coach and like, there's two parts to it. There's like one, it's awesome, like physically and mentally developing, but also like the kids are engaged, right? Because they really, really want to be there and there's games and there's races and you're doing it with other people. And, uh, man, it's just like so cool. So like what, what was kind of your inspiration to get into the type of movement exercises and the way that you think about, you know, setting up your gym and setting up your kids for success? Yep. So it's so funny. My oldest son, who who's uh, I'll t I, we can get into it a little bit later, but he was like probably a year old, maybe six months. And the doctor was like, you know, if he doesn't roll over soon and do these things, like we're going to have to send him to like a movement specialist uh, to try to like, you know, an OT, OT uh, occupational therapist, if he doesn't, if he's not able to do these like milestones. And I was like, oh, geez, well, like, why would I have, I just do it myself. Like, what's the problem? Like, I didn't even know. And so then I, right after that, I started like reading about like babies and children hitting these different movement milestones and things like that. And, uh, started digging through all the literature and things like that. And so he would come to work with me and that's like, I just started doing stuff that I, I read about, you know what I mean? As he got older, um, he, he probably was like four or five and we had this big, like gym, uh, gymnastics mat. Um, and I had him doing like, I would put like M&Ms on the ground and he'd like belly crawl and scoop up an M&M with his, with his hand, you know, and stuff like that and scooch all around the gym. And like, I can still remember like the first time he did, he'd be like, dad, I'm so tired. Like I can't, you know, it was like, it was really taxing for him. And eventually, you know, he got, he got better at it. But what happened was, is he ended up, the re issue he was having movement issues is because, um, he had uh, fluid in his ear. He needed tubes in his ears. And like, no lie, the day he got tubes in his ears, he got up and crawled for the first time. And that's like, just like, oh, that's like vestibular system I was reading about. And like seeing that, having your own child, like go through that and then seeing that I just like devoured everything when it came to like child development and phys ed and things like that. And so as he got older, he had, you know, got to school and was, was, uh, you know, made friends with other kids and, and, and they were always like, Oh, what's your dad do? And I meet their parents and like, Oh, I have this gym in town. You guys probably don't even know where it is. It's in the back alleyway. But if you come down, uh, you know, I'll, I'll show you what I do. And that's kind of how it, how it all started for me. Um, my oldest son and his friends fast forward, he's a uh, junior in high school. He's, you know, six, one, two fifteen football linebacker. He's a monster. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, all the stuff that we went through, it's kind of paying off now. I feel like he's, you know, he's got decent movement skills and, and, uh, I was able to like slowly, you know, when he was like, maybe like nine, 10, I started teaching him like some of the lifts, but I wasn't, it wasn't like 
to have him training on the lifts. I just wanted him to learn how to do the lifts. So when the time came, he could just jump into it. And then I sort of was hands off and I waited. I was like, I'm just going to wait till he asked me to do all the stuff that he sees the older kids do. And that's what I did. And, and so he eventually, he asked me, he's like, Oh, I want to do what the, what the older kids do in the gym. And, uh, you know, that's how, that's how he got, uh, started getting involved with like, you know, more like organized training, more intense strength training, stuff like that. So now I got a freshman who's like the same, like, I was like, all right, I'm just going to wait, see what he does. And, uh, now he's you have a starting. Par- you're a parent that waits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless things play out it's it's hard it's hard i mean there's but i yeah i uh be doing what i do and and dealing with a lot of teams i mean there's parents that really try to push that developmental timeline like crazy and uh i mean it's it's sometimes it's not their it's not their fault like you know let me give you example like say you're playing little league right and your your kid has a good season and then the summer baseball comes along and it's like, all right, well, he did great. And like, maybe they lose, maybe they lose in like the district championship and he did really well. And it's like the fire's going at that time. And it's like, do we really want to stop playing baseball right now? Cause fall ball is right around the corner. And if he just practices a little bit more, he's going to be even that much better. Like that's, those are the thoughts that I think go through parents heads. Cause that's what, I mean, it went through my head. You know what I mean? Oh, if we just sign him up for baseball, oh, even though he's playing football, like we'll fit it in. And I was like, then I, you just got to shut that off. And like, you know, my wife and I have talked about it so many times. Like, we're just gonna when baseball's over, we're gonna move to football or soccer, or whatever it is. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna go season by season. And then when the time's right, when they when, when they decide they want to like maybe put more time into something, we'll let them do it. But it's you know, it's it's tough being a parent because there's always that that voice in the back of your head being like oh is my kid gonna fall behind if they're not doing doing stuff that that everyone's doing all the time well, that's why we that's why we started this podcast one of the main reasons i love and, it I you love know it. like like toast said in the beginning this is episode 301 we've been doing this for five straight years right have have you know a lot a lot of amazing guests like yourself to help people hear from people like yourself like mike boyle like Matt Nickel, you know, just trying to get people to hear all of the experts like, listen, listen. And, you know, so, so wild that that was the story that happened to your son with the the fluid in the ear. Because after I signed uh, with the Bruins, NHL team, not a big deal. Listeners, what's up? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I got a bad concussion and I, I missed the whole first year of my contract and a big problem was my vestibular system was off it was super messed up can can you guys can you just give like a 15 to 30 second disclaimer of what the vestibular system is because i'm sure the listeners you know are wondering (laughs) what the vestibular says i know exactly what it is but since this is your field you know actually i have no idea what that is but if you can (laughs) picture the the vestibular system as a tripod right for your kind of for your head, for your eyes, like kind of your eyes and ears and your brain all connects. And it's kind of like a tripod that would hold on like to a camera. And so if that thing's messed up, if anything is sort of off, it can throw everything else off. It can throw your eyesight off. It can throw, you know, your balance off, your equilibrium, things like that. So there's actually kids who like, who have poor vestibular processing and they see double or triple, but they don't know they see double or triple because they've, never had a normal processing vestibular system. You know what I mean? Um, 
you know, vestibular processing, some kids like, so you ever notice like there's some kids who like are daredevils. They'll go climb up anything, jump off of stuff. Like you ever had that kid in your, in your neighborhood who's just a madman? My like, six year old. Yeah. So they seek out, they're seeking out that vestibular stimulation. And then there's the other kids who like, they go on like a merry-go-round and they're sick to their stomach or they go on a swing and they, they get, they, they get dizzy. They don't like those things. So they're, they have a different type of vestibular processing. I think it's hyper and hypo. I'll have to go back to one of my books, but um, yeah. So it's, it gets, it's one of those things like it can cause, it can cause problems. And in an adult, right. In your, in your case, in, a, in an adult, after a concussion, that can be some serious stuff. Yeah. And, and I actually told, I think one of your nephews um, had, vestibular issues that they found that's why he was crying a lot because he was always feeling dizzy or something i thought that's what i was told about one of jesse's kids um yeah i think they they had to put the glasses on um yeah i think so and and part of it was coming from his vestibular system and obviously a small child can't tell you hey i feel dizzy you know when they they can't speak yet um but with mine yeah man so after having that and then going through the vestibular rehab, I was doing it like three days a week at mass general in Boston. And I was like, after I got healthy from that afterwards, I kept doing it. And I realized I started getting better. And all of a sudden on the ice, I was like more comfortable moving my head around and scanning the ice. And I was like, wait a minute, that's from like doing all these weird eye drills and, and balance drills, looking around the room and using balls and stuff. And so I started, that's when I started bringing in somersaults and cartwheels and like all these other ways to, to train. And I was like, okay, well now they're checking off multiple boxes, like body control, proprioception, vestibular system. And I, and same as you, I was like, well, if I, if I'm a current pro athlete and I got this much better at like these things, what if I start doing these with all of younger people that I know and telling them to all do this stuff. And then that started becoming like a basis for part of my warmups for everyone I train, whether it's NHL, NFL, college, little kids, doesn't matter. We're all crawling. We're all doing somersaults. We're all rolling around every single day. Yep. That's, I agree. It's, it's, it's great. It's, you know, there's so much good stuff you get out of it and it's makes, it makes warming up and training so much more fun. Um, and you know, it's just, I just think all warmups are just so based on like track and field, you know, a skips and, you know, just these form running drills that just get old and it, you don't get better at them and they don't make, you know, I always kind of thought that like, you know, my approach to speed training is always like the more varied and why the more varied and diverse of activities you can do. Um, you know, that'll make you a faster, better athlete rather than like just doing like these straight linear drills all the time. Um, Cause you know, it's only, it's only a small part of, of, of sport. You know what I mean? Yes. Running in a, going in a straight line. So there's like, you know, that's why I, I never do technique stuff with kids because you know, we're not, we're not trying to fix anything. We're, we're not trying to make anyone's form a certain way. We're trying to allow them to figure out their form and do it in a, many, a million different ways. You know what I mean? So, um, I got it. Can I tell you guys this story real quick? Cause if I do, if I, if I forget, I'm going to kick myself because you love this <laughs> hockey guys. You're going to, well, it goes back to what you guys were just talking about when, when you were a kid doing all the somersaults with the Russian coach. So I worked at this facility in Massachusetts called the new England sports center. Huge. Oh hockey gosh. Oh. Giant. Giant. Oh. It's like, <laughs> I, I swear there's probably 10 ranks there now. Right. So, 
It's a recruiter's so, nightmare. Right? Yeah, it's a wild. It's a wild place. It's right down the road from my house. So I did some strength and conditioning training, worked with some young young groups there, and uh, I was doing that stuff with young kids. I was doing bear crawls and somersaults, and we were playing dodgeball and tag and all kinds of stuff. And this guy walks in, this little guy, and I seen him working with the figure skaters, you know, and I told him he's a figure skating coach. Who the hell is this guy? You know, so he like walks in and he's a Russian guy. First of all, my name's Jeremy, but the whole time he called me Jim. Jim, Jim, <laughs> right? It's like, Jim, you see those kettlebells, right? I'm not lying. This dude probably weighed 130 pounds tops, walks over to like the 70 pound kettlebell and just snatches it overhead. One cold, bang. One rep, right overhead, holds it up, bends down, does like a bent, whatever those bent rows. I don't even, I can't remember what Pavel used to call them. Put it, puts it down, like does a handstand, tells me, oh, I used to do this stuff in the military, blah, blah, blah. And he, he's like, I just wanted to come in and tell you what you're doing is great. All the stuff with the kids. So it's like the same thing. This Russian guy came in and he grew up doing that, that type of stuff. That's but awesome. like, unreal. he walks in and snatches a kettlebell cold. 70 pounds right over his head. Boom. I was like, oh my goodness. And he came in like the wind, told me how great it was, and then left. I never saw him again. Wow. That's <laughs> a movie scene. Great. Yeah. So oh. yeah, I had well, to tell you because it popped in my head. Let's uh let's get semi-practical here because we have yep. a lot of youth hockey coaches that listen to our podcast. And sure. one of the things that I feel like they're really, really um they ask Vex a lot and myself a lot is like, okay. I got 45 minutes before practice, uh, you know, before the kids go out. So I got 30 minutes to do some dry land stuff or to do some warm up stuff, you know, with my team. Um, and, yep. and I'd get to do this maybe two, maybe three times a week, but that's all I get to do dry land stuff with my, let's call it eight to 12 year olds. Give us, give us some practical things. Give us some things that these coaches can potentially do with their younger players that can help them, doing exactly what you're talking about right now sure yep yep so <clears throat> first thing you uh, first thing i would I, does i mean if, you, if i walked into a room with those with those eight to 12 year olds and you said hey take them right now first thing i would do is lay them all on the ground have them shut their eyes and i tell them to get up as fast as they can and balance on one foot with their eyes shut and just hey up quick as you can they all stand up as fast as they can they got their eyes shut so you get a lot of giggles like everyone's giggling everyone thinks it's funny <laughs> right kids are falling over they're kind of bumping into each other and then I'll say down and then we'll do it again on the other foot. I'll be like up. All right. I stay shut. Of course, kids are going to open their eyes, but you know, who cares? They're, they're young. So we're just like, we're just going with it. Um, and then we'll do it again. I'll say up and they'll balance on one foot with their eyes shut. Then I'll say, open your eyes. And even by opening their eyes and like this whole world opens up, some of them fall over and can't balance. And then we'll hop on. Then I'll be like, all right, everyone up, balance on one foot, hop in place, hop in a circle, you know, uh, hop over to your best friend, give him a high five. And everyone's kind of zigzagging through, you know what I mean? Things like that. You know, hop back to where you were, uh, touch your toe, bring your hands overhead all while, all while they're doing that on one foot. You know what I mean? That could take literally five to 10 minutes right there. It's a great icebreaker. You're working, you know, vestibular, you're working, you know, single leg strength, you're working level change. Cause you're getting them from the ground up and there's now they're standing up on one foot the whole time. They're laughing. They think it's great. They think it's a riot. You know what I mean? So, um, that's probably the first thing I do with them just to break the ice. Uh, and then second, um, I usually get the kids together. Like whenever I work with a team, I always just like my favorite thing is like just bring some tennis balls, 
you know, we'll get across from each other and just throw the balls high, low, maybe standing on one foot, get, you know, a few feet away, underhand toss, have the kids like dribble the, the tennis ball, even though it's real small, they try to dribble with their hands just to work some hand-eye coordination, things like that. That's always a good one. Um, from there, we'll probably do some floor work. So I'll get the kids on the ground. We'll get in like a bear crawl position, depending if we have space. If we don't have space, you can do bear crawl type stuff right in place where, you know, you get them on all fours, knees are off the ground, you know, they're on their hands and feet. Hey, I'm going to, everyone reach their right arm up and balance on three points. You know, everyone reach their left foot up, left foot up, balance on two hands and one foot. All right, let's do two point balance. So we're going to reach, we're going to lift our right hand up and our left foot up. Oh, we'll see how long you guys can hold that for. And, you know, kids are trying as hard as they can to, to, to go as long as they can. There's always one kid who just flips over and like, who cares? You know what I mean? It's like, you don't, you don't really coach it. You just let them try and figure it out. Um, from there, we'll flip over. We'll do like a crab type thing. So they're on their hands and feet, you know, crab lift. The same thing. We'll, we might do two points. Maybe they'll reach an arm up, reach a leg up, reach an arm and a leg up, see how long you can balance. You know what I mean? Um, maybe do uh, like a crab and they'll reach over to their buddy and do like a high five. Um, then we do this thing after that. It's one of my favorites. We stand up, you get a partner and you do what we call high five, low five. And so you're standing on one foot, your partner's right across from you and you do a, a low five. So you're going to reach down with your hand and give your partner a low five. And which it's a magical, right? You ask them to do a low five and everyone's doing a single leg squat. Everyone bends their knee and does a single leg squat. And you're like, wow. Right. And then you do a high five and everyone goes up on their toe on one leg and, or jumps off of one foot and does a high five. So now you're doing like some single leg jumps, hops. Um, then we do foot five. So they have to reach out and do like a high five with their, each other's free foot. And they lift their leg up and then I'll say twist and they'll spin in the circle, you know, and then from there, now they're sweating, they're moving, you know, we've done some strength work, we've done some balance work, we've had fun the whole time, um, you know, and then from there, if, if we got some space, we'll get into jumps, maybe some jumps in place, single leg jumps, uh, really fast hops over, or maybe over a line, or if they have their hockey stick out, they'll jump back and forth over the hockey stick, Um if they got space, we can do uh, tons of different like broad jumps, side broad jumps, backwards, 180 degree jumps. You can do three, just have the kids attempt to do 180s and 360 jumps, which are a blast because they, you know, they never land them, but they'll try for, for an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's parkour. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then from there, if we got space, I'm going to sprint them. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do some chase sprints. I'll put like, maybe a couple of kids five yards ahead of another kid say go and they're going to chase each other down the down the lane and try to tag them from behind we have a game where we face each other it's called radishes and raisins and uh if i say raisins the kids on the right they run back to their starting line and the, and the uh, radishes chase them or vice versa if i say radishes the raisins chase them and so you get some speed work in you get some agility change of direction things like that yeah so um you know right there and then if you have, you I know, think, you I have, think you've done it. I think you've yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, coaches, coaches listening, literally yeah. rewind, listen again, write it all down. Like that is so gold. And the main thing, if you kept hearing him over and over, he said a couple of things that I, I need you guys to hear one, the kids are all having fun. They're giggling. They want to be there. Like Toph and I always talk about, if they want to be somewhere, they're going to give more attention. They're going to give more energy. They're going to give more intention 
with your practices and all of that stuff. So they're going to want to be there. They're going to have a better youth sporting experience. Obviously, that's extremely important. But they're going to be getting better because they're going to want to keep doing this. They're, you're going to see. You do that warm-up with them on Tuesday. They're going to be like, Coach, are we doing this again on Thursday? When you have practice. I'm literally telling you. And and the other thing that he said that's really important that you guys got to hear is, you know, one or two kids are going to fall over. That's okay. They're kids. Like, it's going to happen, right? So you've got to find that line of, like, when to be, you know, everybody's giggling too much, which you want that, you know, but you also don't want it to get out of hand so you can't control them. But at the same time, you're going to have kids who fall over. You're going to have kids who don't get it right away and kind of being patient with them. And something that I've talked about on this podcast that's worked really well with me with the younger players is instead of calling out the players who aren't trying, you know, in the first couple sessions or are having a harder time, instead of like getting all over them, I praise the kids who are doing an awesome job and being very, um, you know, listening and doing it the right. Oh my, everybody come over here and watch Braden. Let's circle around Braden. All right. Oh, everybody clap for Braden because now all the kids want to get the claps like Braden got. So now the kid who has fallen over is going to try a little harder and you didn't have to be, you know, the, the mean guy, the coach who came down on the eight year old and, and you doing it that way. You hit him with a little psychology, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love that <laughs> stuff. And you know, it's funny if we get a little older, you know, like 12, 11, 12, 13, that's when I start adding like, uh, maybe a little hand fighting, a little grappling, like get them on their knees. They got to like kind of push each other over. You know what I mean? That's because like, right. What, what's the age? What's the age where like they start to, you can check like 13, 14, 13, 13, yeah, right. Yeah. So like contact's coming. You might as well. I mean, there's, you, you, you probably see it in hockey because I see it in football all the time. Good athlete, good player, but risk like they're uh, t- uh, contact diverse. Like they don't want to get hit. They're yeah. not ready to get hit. And I've had kids like, oh, I don't even want to play anymore because the first time they got hit, they got their bell rung and they weren't prepared. And I was like, if we can we can prepare kids for uh, contact and being in someone's you know personal space, then then we're, we're going to put that in training. You know what I mean? So, we're going to start doing a little bit of that type of stuff. Yeah. So that's actually one of the things I had pegged to to ask you here today. And in one of the articles that you wrote, one of the titles of it was "Contact Doesn't Need to Be Painful or Risky." And we have parents that ask us all the time, particularly ones that are going from non-check to check that are scared. You know, they're scared for their kid probably too much. It is a contact sport. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's going to yeah. happen. Um, but how do you, how in the gym can you help prepare some of these kids for contact, whether it's hockey or football or basketball or lacrosse, a- any team sport pretty much is going to have some sort of contact in it. So what are some ways that you can help that in the gym to get these kids a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more confident with the contact that will eventually be coming in their sport? Sure. You know, I can tell you too, we've had – at the same time have had hockey guys and football guys and lacrosse guys all mixed in in the same session doing this stuff, which was a lot of fun too. You know what I mean? Not only just cause they're like, you know, talking crap to each other, about Yapping, yeah, <laughs> particular sport, but like, you know, who's tougher, but like, you know, you can do these things cross sports. It doesn't just have to be like just football or just hockey. But uh, first of all, I think one of the best things to do is like we already talked about it though. is like getting kids used to like falling. Right. So, teaching them how to forward roll, how to backwards roll, somersault, cartwheel, like something that they probably are going to land awkwardly and probably fall and kind of, you know, kind of not be perfect, especially with the boys. They're probably not going to be good at that stuff. So like, that's probably your first step into like contact stuff. You're contacting the floor in an awkward situation. And we also could take that a step further. Once the kids actually get pretty decent 
at, um, doing the contact, we can add like, so for example, like we'll have a kid push another kid from behind into a forward roll, right? So there's a, now there's even more momentum. There, there's a little push there. You're not just falling into it and into a, a somersault or a shoulder roll. Someone's actually behind you doing it now. So there's a little bit more momentum, a little bit more speed. So you're up in the speed. Uh, some of the other ones we do that we just, like I said, we, we get kids on there on their knees facing each other and they'll just hand fight, just, just trying to grab and get a wrist and he tries to fight it and they just start to do that type of stuff. And then we do one where we take a step further where they hand fight. And then one guy's the goal is to get under him, like under the hands and just wrap them and sort of pull them down. Right. And we're on like wrestling mats. So no one's getting hurt or anything like that. And they kind of, they laugh and, and, uh, I think it's funny. Another one we play, I stole this from a wrestling coach, um, Oh, what the heck's the name of it? Um, it's kind of like knee football. Uh, so you get all the kids are kind of, you got two teams facing each other, but standing up, there's two kids at each end and you say go. And those two kids who are standing up have to run down and back without getting tackled. Um, I can't remember the name of it on top of my head, but like we play that all the time with our kids. Sharks again, and minnows kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but the kids are on their knees. So like when you make the tackle, it's not, you know, they're not coming full steam and there's a lot of pushing and pulling and blocking and things like that. So um, that's always been a, a, a big game that we've played to sort of get kids um, in contact. Uh, another one we do, this is, I stole this from football, but again, like you could do it with any sport. you got a kid laying down on the ground um, on his back. The other kid basically wraps his arms around his legs and you say go. And that kid has to try to stand up and break away from the kid who's got his arms wrapped. Um, Again, you so that's a great wrestling type drill. The kid that's got the arms wrapped around his legs has got to really lock in and clamp down. So you get a you know fair amount of strength benefit there. And then the other guy's trying to get up onto his feet. So there's a lot of like tussling and battling back and forth. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've done. Um, I do one. I started doing one. I I love the hand fighting. I think that's yeah. great for all kids, especially the ones who are like a little bit more nervous. Um, I've been doing that one this whole hockey season with uh, TPH Academy. We do it every Wednesday. So I make them all or every Thursday. So I make them all wear hoodies. Um, so, so it's kind of like grabbing a Jersey and these are kids. They're not going to fight, yep. but it's grip strength. You know, right. it's, it's controlling your opponent. It's wanting to win. It's looking across at somebody and like, this is a real battle because I'm going to get embarrassed if they twist me up like a pretzel. And, right. and, and so it, I like all of that. The one thing is I've been having them do it on their feet. I'm glad you just said on, on the knees because you know, I've had a couple kids get bodied and, and yeah, I'm yeah. Like, like, Hey, we don't want that. Even though I kind of do want that, but right. you know, knees, <laughs> knees is better. But um, I've been doing one the last two, two or three summers. And I, again, I do this with pros all the way down to kids and I'll put a cone in the middle and one player is the defensive player and they're they're basically just shielding the cone while the offensive player can't push them but they're staying like body contact and they're trying to get around them while the defensive player is like scooting around the cone having to feel the body pressure while they're being pushed on while the other player is trying to get to that cone and it is a battle and the boys love it they love like they hate it but they love it and and that's I think that, that these types of drills, they're great for young athletes like like Tofast and you talked about with preparing for contact, getting comfortable with contact. Um, and then also like in the gym, weights don't push back. 
when you're playing sports and, and it's, it's a sport where it's physical, like people are pushing you and it's not even, it's not even distribution like it is with weights. So it might be your right shoulders being pushed harder than your left while you're trying to move forward. You know, you don't get a lot of that stuff in the gym. So I also look at this as like very applicable strength to actually playing sports versus just lifting weights to get better at lifting weights. Yep. And you know, there's always, especially youth sports, there's always like, you know, that kid who grew way before everyone else who's just tossing kids around. Like you kind of want to be ready for that. You're, you're going to go against that type of kid eventually. So <laughs> the more you can hate prepare yourself. I hate those kids too. Yeah. I mean, I hated it when I played, but like now that I coach, it's like every week we face someone who's just got a monster. And it's like, oh, I'm trying <laughs> to figure out how to stop this kid, you know? So the other one we have too at the gym is like, we have our uh, crash, uh, crash mats, like real thick, like kind of high jump mats. And I love that because the kids can do all kinds of like crazy flips and jumps and land it. You know, they land as awkwardly as they want. You know what I mean? But again, you're, you're, you're taking a little bit of contact. You're learning how to fall. You know, you're learning how to move your body sometimes in space, um, things like that. So I, I, I would probably put that in, in uh, you know, under contact as well. Those type of, uh, those type of activities. So it's been good. Like uh, I've had a few coaches that coach for me um, over the years that were wrestlers and they got all kinds of stuff that they, you know, that's what I think too is great. Like you go to different sports and, and dig into those, those type of sports. They, they're always going to have like certain drills that you might find that you could, that are applicable, applicable that you could use in the gym, you know, just so, for regular, just for regular athletic development. You know what I mean? Yes. So let, let me ask you this because people all, a lot because of this podcast and because I'm a performance coach are all, what would you do with a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old? My answer first would be, I literally say, look up Jeremy on Twitter. And I'm like, follow that guy. And I'm like, you can do a bunch of that at home. I swear yeah. to God, man, I've never met him. This is my actual answer. You are the person who I say, follow. I send them your Twitter. And I'm like, do this stuff. And also as a mom and dad with a young child, the stuff that you do with them, if, if you're in, you know, even relatively good shape, or, or even if you want to be in better shape, doing that stuff with your kids is going to be a bonding experience, make forts and then turn it into a game and jump around and roll and create your own, create your own rules and stuff like that. Um, but if there's not, you know, Jeremy Fritch in their area, I always say like, you know, take your team to gymnastics don't call it gymnastics. If it's a bunch of little boys, maybe they'd be like, Oh, you know, um, and just be like, Oh, we're going to go do a movement class. And I say do gymnastics. And now I've been saying a lot too, like jujitsu, like getting them to roll around and getting to push and pull. I think at the young ages, if you don't have somebody like you, like those two things right there, I think cover a lot of your bases just for natural athleticism, building that in young athletes. I agree. You know what too's popping up a lot is like the Ninja Warrior parkour places. Yeah. Too. Yes. Love you know, that. and so so like those are those are definitely those are definitely options. Um, I think kind of the Ninja Warrior is a little upper body biased. Like yep. there's like a lot a lot of hanging and a lot of kids aren't great at that. But still, mm -hmm. like some of those things are good. Um, and and of course, like the parkour stuff, like jumping on and off stuff and climbing over things, is, is just totally awesome. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. Uh, that's those are, those are things I've looked at too to try to you know take into my facility and and do stuff with the kids as well. So, Love that. Awesome. Um, you know, and, and, and with the little kids, the young, you know, you can, there's so much you can do just, you know, even, I, mean, I can't tell you, I, I just, they would, my kids would drive me so, I mean, they're all older now, like, you know, middle school, late middle school, high school, but when they were little, like just getting them out of the house and getting them to the playground and, you know, just chasing them around and letting them, letting them do whatever they wanted. And I, I honestly used to like search for the area for like the best playground, you know, cause like playgrounds now are, 
they're so like safe. You know so what what's I mean? a, what's a good playground then for the parents a good, listening? A good playground is not this like single structure where everything's attached, like the slide and there's like a little pathway and like those are the worst. They're so I mean, parents would be like, "What do you mean by they're so safe?" Like the child's not getting any development because like it's so easy to navigate through. You know, when you see kids running up the slide, it's a telltale sign like they've mastered this thing. It's not fun. <laughs> Time like, to move just, on. Time to move on, right? Whereas a good playground, you'll see like some some of the schools, they'll have monkey bars. But then the next apparatus will be, say, 10 or 15 yards away as its own standalone. Like, say, the slide is its own standalone. So now you have to run from the monkey bars to the slide. So everything's spread out, right? And that's like a real old school type playground. Um, I know they probably don't have, um, what do you call it anymore? The one where you uh, merry-go-round. You know what I mean? Where you just get that thing ripping and ripping, yeah, kids, yeah. Go, kids just flying off left and right is, is wild. But, um, you know, <laughs> just having that type of open space, I, I try to tell my kids, like, you guys don't even know, like, what this, some of the stuff that we had, these huge swings and kids flying off. And oh. even like the, even the, um, the slide was like 20 feet high and there was no, like, nothing on the side. Like, you could just fall No off safety like, bars. Yeah. Uh, you can <laughs> land on your head. You know what I mean? But Paint like, no chips. One, no one did. Right. We all figured it out. Like we all figured it out. <laughs> Weird. Um, yeah. So, and I always say too, going back to what you were just talking about, like I have, I remember this is a funny story. We had, uh, I was working with an older group of kids and at my old gym, I had this like little hallway, like where all the kids would wait for the next session. And I turned around, I told the kids like these little, it was like five, six, seven year olds. I'm like, just wait here. I'm going to be done in two minutes and we're going to start their class. And they're like, okay, coach. And I turn my back and I was coaching the older kids and I turn around and no lie. I always say this, like if you give kids time and open space, they're going to do two things. They're going to either start playing tag or they're going to start wrestling. And I turned around and like, it's like six on six, every kid's on the ground, just like pounding away, just headlocks, you know, stuff like that. And then like when they broke out into like the open space, the turf, the first thing they do is just run and chase each other. It's like the two most natural things that children will do if you just don't say anything give them time and space that's what they're going to go do you know what i mean it's amazing because wrestling develops so many things like as far as like play you know play wrestling develops not only does it develop like strength and vestibular awareness and body awareness and things like that but it also teaches kids how to play because if you want to continue to say you're the bigger kid if you want to continue to have fun with your friend you can't beat the shit out of them because he's going to cry and stop. So you have to use a little bit of a restraint and a little, have a little bit of empathy for that kid. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. the younger kid, you can't be that you, you push your boundaries too far. You're going to get knocked down. Right. So it's like the beauty of wrestling, like play wrestling is that like you kind of learn how to, you know, it's like your first lesson in how to be in, in a social situation. You know what I mean? You can't be a big bully and you can't be, kind of asshole and push push people too far you know what i mean that's and pretty so cool yeah so there's a lot more going on than what you see when uh when it comes to like things like play wrestling that's awesome and then, you know we've probably talked about tag but i mean it's the greatest ever you know, ever you know it's ever. just so many ever. variations and so many ways to move and so many different than kids love it doesn't matter literally doesn't matter what age yeah, it doesn't matter six 18 25 you name it they're gonna go for it love it Love it. So for sure. Yep. Um, well, last question I have for you before we get into some some 10 questions here is 
like I, I've seen a lot of your stuff on social media. There's a lot of competition, a lot of competition. You talk about wrestling, you talk about tag, you talk about some of this other stuff. And I know you're big on games. Games is something yeah. that you talk about a lot too. Um, talk a little bit about how much competition kind of drives some of the things that you do, you know, whether it's a one-on-one thing like a tag or wrestling or relay races, you know, flags, like you do so much of that stuff. And Vex and I are, <laughs> we are big advocates of competition. And so yeah. just talk a little bit about how that drives kind of some of the stuff that you do at the gym. Sure. I mean, I think if you play sport, it's obviously going to be competitive and you need to learn that early on, you know what I mean? Um, but you also think you need to learn it in a, um, you know, you can't be like, Oh, you gotta be ready, kid. You know, you gotta, things are going to be serious out there on the, on the field or the court or the ice, but no, it's like you learn those, those kind of what competition is in fun games, you know? And, and, uh, and I think what happens in those games is that you learn how to problem solve. Um, and you learn how to like figure out your way of doing things too, which is, um, a lot less robotic than what you see what we see with a lot of sports now is like this very rote like just you do it this way and this is how you do it and so i i kind of love i love games for that reason is that you know kids got to compete against each other they have to figure out ways their way to get things done um and you know what's a funny it's a, here's a funny another you probably get sick of my stories here but uh, oh no we've had a we had a game we have a game called team tag where like uh, it's like five on five and, you know, you go down and try to pull the other guy's flag and, you know, the, the, the team with the last guy, the most guys, you know, wins or whatever. And so I always put, I always take my stud and I put him with the worst kid. Always take your best kid and put him with your worst kid and then put like your medium kids all together. <clears throat> and one of the things that always happens is, is that like that stud, instead of going out and like, well, he'll go out and run kids down and just be what be him because that's what he is. He's the best, but he becomes like protector too. Like he doesn't want to lose the kid who's not great. He, he's you're on his team now, so he's going to protect you. I always loved that. Like I always loved when that kid would sort of protect the the, the weakest kid or the youngest kid. You know do what you, I mean? Do you say anything to him? Uh, I would uh, say the... something to the kid who's a, the stud. Like yeah, like hey, subtly, like yeah, how like you, how hey, you, you know what, you know what to do. You know what you need to do. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's that yeah, simple. Like, yeah, it's that simple. It's that simple. You, know what, you know what I mean? And that's why, like, it's funny. The next town over from us, um, they have this rule with sports where they take like, because they just want to win, so they take like the best kids for travel, travel and make like a super team, and then they take the worst kids and put them on the shitty team. And I'm always like, that's the worst way to go so every year they get a kid that's good they get a team that goes 10 and 0 and then they get a team that goes 0 and 10 you know what i mean and we do it the way we do it with our sports is we mix them up we got good kids with bad kids you know young kids with older kids because the young the, the kids who aren't as good get better by playing with better competition and they and the kids who are really good have to step up and get by with teammates that maybe are not as good as them you know what i mean and so I love, I love that. I love how we do that with our, uh, and we take it on a chin, you know, like in sixth grade, we might lose the area basketball championship because the team we're playing is better because they're stacked, but we usually kick their ass by the time we're in high school. 
You know yeah, I mean? you do. You can, know what I mean? Can, can we take that? What is it? Vex Missiel? Take that, flip it, and reverse it? Like, yeah, yeah. We need all the parents that are listening. Honestly, all the parents that are listening to this right now, go rewind about a minute and a half <laughs> and and listen to that. And then once you get done with that minute and a half, I want you to rewind it again. And I want you to listen to that minute and a half again. And then I want you to go back and rewind it a minute and a half. And then I want you to listen to that again. And, you know, it's, it's that whole being left behind thing. Like so many parents, particularly if you're the, like the parent of one of the better kids on the team, they feel like the kids that aren't as good are just dragging your kids down and dragging your kids down and dragging your kids down but I, I love it. Like it, it, the, the fact that what you're saying is like, Hey, this is a challenge, like step up. Like maybe, up. maybe we're not as talented as, as this super team that another town, you know, but th- Hey, like put the team on your shoulders, kid. And that you t- you want to talk about the, something that all elite athletes have, they have that put the, put the team on my back mentality. Like I'm going to freaking win this for us. Uh, that that confidence, that swagger. Yeah, every every elite athlete has swagger, you know, yep. and yep. and you I can develop it. it through that, you know. And and it's also like a great team thing, like a great culture thing. Like I got you, bud. I got you, pal. And at some point, like for all the parents listening, the kid who's the best mite or squirt or peewee or bantam, he ain't gonna be the best midget, or he ain't gonna be the best in junior. He ain't gonna be the best in college, and he better hope that there's a, a better guy on his team that's gonna show him the ropes and show him the way and help him to compete to make him better too. So wow, like that man. Okay, the go back right, parents, go back now. Minute, probably two and a half minutes now, and and listen to what Jeremy had to say again because I think that's so profound and that's so in hockey culture, Jeremy. Like that is so missing. It's like, let's create the best super team at seven years old, because if we don't, then my kid's going to get left behind when in reality. Yeah. 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 Like, oh man. Yeah. So you're you're hitting a, hitting a, a a button with us here, but um, this was awesome, Jeremy. This was really, really good. And uh, if you have a a couple more minutes, one of the things we like to end with is, is a quick 10 questions. And for all of our listeners, this 10 questions is going to air in our community, our hockey think tank, Facebook community. And so, uh, if you want to listen to that and all the other fun stuff we have going on within our community, it's been unreal. Go to community.thehockeythinktank.com. And that's, that's one of the perks. All of our guests are going to do a 10 questions that air over there. So we're going to do that with you and uh, really, really appreciate your time here today. This was awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy.